0: We're looking back at week two, ahead to week three and much much more on this edition of Rotoviz Overtime. Now let's kick it off. Hello there and welcome back to Roadoviz Overtime on Rotiviz Radio, brought to you by SquadQL. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OvertimeRarden, and I'm joined today. Hi, my co-host the co-owner of Road His radio mr sean siegel sean there is two weeks of the nfl season in the books there is lots that has changed in terms of our perceptions we might even touch on uh, i might have an apology to make later in the show in terms of my preseason perceptions but uh, looking at week two and uh, there was so much happened so many points scored uh, it was pretty incredible all over the board uh, what was your thoughts coming out of week two
1: well, this was one of the best Sundays ever, I think, especially if you're a RotoViz listener subscriber. Uh, it was like the fantasy gods had been reading the site and said, you know, we should just uh, make this Sunday, week two, 2018, sort of a RotoViz branded Sunday. Obviously, last week we joked about Patrick Mahomes, and then he goes for six touchdowns uh, through, you know, three NFL starts. He looks like the greatest quarterback of all time. So, we'll <laughs> We'll see if that continues. Stephon Diggs, two touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster, 13 receptions. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, who we were telling you to draft everywhere. Uh, more receptions than that, 14 receptions for him. Will Fuller comes back, goes 8-1, 13-1. You've got Kenny Galladay, Matt Breida, Philip Lindsay, Tevin Coleman, the Chargers running backs. Uh, it, it was really the perfect Sunday uh, with, I, I guess, the small caveat that I had Greg Zerline going in my main events, so that, that was not ideal. The kicker spot, uh, really, you know, we'd be okay getting rid of that from from fantasy football. But no, this this was almost the perfect weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm all for getting rid of kickers permanently from uh, leagues. Uh, I I really don't have a lot of sympathy for them, and they they just seem to. Uh... They seem to do not agree with my soul on a weekly basis. So uh, the more that move on, the better. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think remembering back to uh, Mr. Will Fuller, who you also mentioned back last year, uh, or maybe two seasons ago when he, he jumped into the NFL, it was actually two seasons ago with Brock Osweiler. And uh, he started off the back-to-back weeks with a hundred yards and a, I said uh, after the first week uh, that's not going to happen again and he did it the second week and I kind of hinted at the same thing with Patrick Mahomes last week but not only did he do it again he done it in in an even more impressive fashion so he's really started off with just uh, an incredible hot streak and there's some like stats over those first two weeks that stand out we might touch on some of them as the show goes on but like uh, if you look at like uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick he's pretty much uh, put up uh, career stats for any player in NFL history over those first two weeks. So there's lots of interesting things. The same with Patrick Mahomes, putting up just pretty much historical numbers. Certain players are. Uh, Philip Lindsay, I seen as well, has uh, the most rushing yards true two weeks uh, from an undrafted rookie in NFL history, I believe. So there's a lot of interesting stats uh, jumping off the board after two weeks, and of course a lot of interesting work going on, as you mentioned, at Roto helping you unlock that potential. Before we get into the road of his membership discount you can get for listening to the podcast, I want to give a quick reminder as well for the Patreon page. Uh, myself and Dave Keeban have been doing the shows over the past couple of weeks over there, uh, doing the live video show every Sunday uh, and getting you set up for the NFL action Patreon chips start from just $6 a month. That gives you access to Rotoviz Live. You'll be able to interact with myself and Dave and our other guests who are on on a weekly basis to uh, interact, see what you want to do on your Sunday lineups, have your questions answered by us. It also helps support all the different podcasts we do here, over 10 a week, and helps us to produce High quality industry leading content. Uh, as part of that as well, this week for those of you who aren't already subscribed to the Patreon page, and I highly recommend you do. We will be sharing the show through Periscope, but through the Periscope page uh, on Rotoviz, uh, on the official Twitter handle, and uh, on that there you'll also be able to see the show, but you won't be able to answer or ask those questions. So I, that's why I would highly recommend to uh, tune in via the Patreon page there as well and help support the show.
1: And as uh, loyal. Listener of the podcast, you can get directly into that Rotoviz content that we just discussed at a thirty percent discount. It's available through the NFL podcast homepage, slash podcast If you want the next digs, the next Smith Schuster, the next Fuller, get in there with some of those sleeper running backs like brita and Lindsay. Uh, that's that's the perfect opportunity. Get your thirty percent off. Uh, jump right in there and, and start having fun with us. And with that, column we go to the second quarter. <laughs>
0: so sean jumping into the second quarter we're looking here first at an article that was put up by blair andrews on the site blair's always doing stellar work but he gets the opinions of quite a number off the road of his crew gives 10 and 10 observations across that week in the nfl and of course at this one we're looking at nfl week two and then ahead to week three some very interesting things that popped up in it sean i'm going to give you the first option uh, as to which one we touch on and then i'll jump in with one that i thought was interesting so uh, which one stood out the most to you uh, in this week's article
1: Well, Hassan Rahim's observation was that the Cardinals were able to cross midfield with their offense. So uh, we talked about the positives, the negatives. There were also a few out there. It has not started well for Steve Wilkes in Arizona. Uh, we talked a little bit last week about how we would like to see some of these uh, young coaches be a little bit more aggressive, show the flair, show the guts that got them to where they are, as opposed to playing players like Sam Bradford. Obviously, this has carryover effects to uh, you know some of the stars on the Cardinals, like Larry Fitzgerald, but maybe even more importantly, David Johnson. Not scoring at normal David Johnson levels through two weeks. Can we expect him to bounce back as this offense almost inevitably has to be somewhat better?
0: Uh, The offense, obviously, you would expect to, even if it stays been bad, it would have to at some point improve on what it's at at the moment. Uh, You know, through those first two weeks, we've seen a lot of offenses struggle in certain points of certain games. But to see the effect that the Cardinals, both offensively and defensively, have had over those first two weeks, the team just looks to have no direction. Uh, you know if you're a David Johnson owner you would expect that things improve but they just haven't uh, been giving them the proper you know usage they haven't been like but I know you mentioned Sam Bradford but in terms of the team it just seems like there is nothing positive that you like there's not one positive thing I could find with this Cardinals team both offensively and defensively over uh, the last two weeks so obviously the first two weeks of the season but I, I think it will get better but it's, it's really really bleak out there uh, out there in Arizona at the moment is there anything that stood out to you in terms of uh, what could turn it around I know they went up against the Rams who are a very very like I think are one of the better defenses in the NFL really really up there on top of uh, in terms of the defensive line they have and then the, uh, the secondary that they have so it's gonna be really really tough to move the ball against them but just in terms of how disappointing they've been uh, I think it's one of those ones that they've had a tough start but do you see it bouncing back in week three or do you think this is a really long-term project for the cardinals
1: it's starting to look more like a long-term project which i think brings up some questions about uh the general manager there the organization that they have in place they looked into getting rosen at the spot that they did now uh you know he, he suffered some some dings in the preseason he may not be a hundred percent which uh That's really the only excuse at this point for not getting him out there. I think already Wilts needs to get him out there and start to uh, develop him. The, you know, the management needs to get him out there or also will start to be some huge problems. You know, I've joked around with other Kansas city fans about the huge contract for, for Sammy Watkins, for example, and and Watkins was someone who bounced back and, and had a good week too. But you look at where they are, you look at where they are on defense, you look at some of the holes they have to make Watkins, one of the higher paid receivers in the NFL coming off of two, you know, questionable seasons, then you know that that raises some eyebrows, not necessarily a bad move, it looks like it could definitely pay off, but you put it in the context of something like the money that the Cardinals are paying Sam Bradford, the fact that they have Glennon still on the roster and the the waste that is involved with that. You know, you look at the fact that they had to cut uh, some other defensive players who had been you know key parts of this team in the past the roster construction now for the cardinals is very very poor and you have this roster construction causing you problems in terms of your money and then the depth but then also uh, the effects that you have then in terms of simply planting the wrong players because you paid them so i think it goes beyond the offense beyond the defense beyond the coaching staff uh, Arizona may quickly find themselves in a place where they have to start completely over on a more positive note. You mentioned uh, Philip Lindsay, and that's the second observation that we had or court Smith's observation from last week. Lindsay has been one of our favorites uh, because of his production. We love people who produce and are substance as opposed to hype. You look at some of these guys who come out and are drafted because they're big or because they're fast and you know, they weren't good college players. Flop Lindsey was the exact opposite of this. You mentioned Blair. He wrote about the backfield dominator rating. And Lindsay was number one in this metric. So how much of his backfield he dominated. Now, the raw numbers were also spectacular for him. But you look at this sort of uh, supposedly second consecutive epic running back class. And we haven't really seen a ton of that through two weeks outside of Barkley. But within this class, Lindsay really was the most impressive player as a producer. And then, and and he's also a fantastic athlete, right? So then he doesn't get invited to the combine. He doesn't get drafted because there are still these big holes in the NFL's evaluation process. So with that being the case, it's even more exciting to see what he's done through a couple of weeks and and court, (laughs) points out some of these uh, play 22% more snaps than Royce Freeman, 10 more carries, 80% more rushing yards uh, over one and a half yards per carry more, 300% 300% more targets, 91% more fantasy points. And, you know, Court mentions he doesn't expect that to continue. Certainly some of those efficiency numbers are not something that we should look at and say, oh, this is something that, that perfectly predicts the future. We know how that works. On the other hand, this is a very exciting start, and he is already a big part of this offense.
0: Yeah I have to say you know we kind of touched on it last week because I know you've been a fan of him heading in we did discuss him you know pretty early on in terms of uh, zero RB candidates and we were also very positive in regards to Royce Freeman so we did think that he was someone that could have an impact as the season went on but just the impact he's had through those two weeks and uh you know we talked I talked on the road of his live last week that I thought it was probably something that he was going to be ultimately the second running back on this team but he had really and truly in the first week put himself ahead of uh, Devontae booker but in terms of what he's done now through the first two weeks it is really a situation where they kind of have to play him in a similar way even if it's a 60-40 split in terms of freeman but i have to say that just what he's done in those first two weeks Uh, Is way beyond what my expectations were, even though I was hoping for high expectations. I just think it's been a phenomenal way that he started the season Uh, in terms of uh, efficiency and if he can keep it going. My concern is uh you know injury wise but again if we're trying to predict injuries it's it's pretty much uh a guessing game at that point but what he has done has been so uh impressive uh particularly in terms of his shiftiness and making guys miss uh, and getting you know yards after the the catch and then again when he's, he's running he's been very impressive too so i just have to say i've been uh, pretty much blown away i know sean you were probably one of the the highest in terms of your your thoughts on him uh, earlier in the off season, but I have to say, it's it's probably been the same for you. It's it's probably blowing all expectations out of the water.
1: Definitely, in, in part because Freeman is a very very good player in his own right. But when we look at Lindsey, we look at a guy who fits exactly what you want for the contemporary NFL. We're going to get away from this situation where the big backs are out there just clogging up their offenses. We're going to get away from this situation where the big backs are breaking a tackle and then going nowhere immediately going down again and people thinking, oh, well, you know, we had this broken tackle, so this must be a valuable contribution by the running back. That's simply not the case. And what Lindsey does and what players like Matt to do, Austin Eckler, you know, certainly a Christian McCaffrey, we're seeing it with some of the bigger guys like Barkley and Melvin Gordon, Alvin Kamara, obviously, may be the number one player in this area. But when you play these guys who are elite receivers, then you do two things that are critically important in the modern NFL. One is that you're not telegraphing your tendencies nearly in the same way as when you have someone like a Ligure Blunt on the field. And number two, you're putting your offense in a context where you're going to replace some of those low-value Running back carries with higher value running back reception. So you can go with an offense to where you're still having your running backs very involved. You want those guys involved. You want to have those safe, very short plays, but they're plays that have a lot more value than just a simple carry. So the guys who allow your offense to do that, that has a huge value to the team.
0: I definitely agree with that. I think it's helped the Chargers a lot over those first two games in terms of defences struggling to game plan for them throughout the game. Uh, I think another team who has done something similar is the Chargers in terms of Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. I've been impressed with how Eckler has played, but in terms of Melvin Gordon, something I wasn't expecting was in terms of the percentage of targets that he has received. Uh, he has received 20 targets through two games, turned it into 15 receptions, had a really big workload in the passing game. So it's been a little bit of a surprise to start the season just to see how much the running back position has been involved in the passing game. Uh, one of the stats that was on it was from Philip Caldwell, and he mentioned that heading into Monday night football this past week of the top five uh running backs in week two in terms of standard scoring leagues, only Matt Breda had over fifty rushing yards. He did finish with 138, but no other of the top four had even rushed for more than 43 yards. So a lot of work. And Garden was one of those guys who had a lot of work through the air this past week. Uh, you know, we've seen We've seen it as well with Todd Gurley. So I have to say it's been interesting to see the running back usage this year uh, in terms of the production coming through the air at that position. Is that something that's uh, stood out to you? And uh, of course, uh, we both talked about Matt Breed earlier this offseason in week one, obviously against the Vikings was a tough slog for him. But against the Lions this week, uh, had a really, really impressive game. And after that game, I know it's 138 yards in one week, but he he also now is the leading rusher in the NFL. So things might be looking up for uh, Matt Breed owners out there.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. The, the observation uh, here from Charles Klein was that in the first two weeks of 2018, there have been seven instances of an RB getting 10 or more targets in a the game. There have also been seven instances of a running back getting 75 or more receiving yards. Uh, we're on pace for 56 instances of each. Last year, these events only happened 26 and 34 times, respectively. Uh, the running backs in question are split between your early round studs, Gordon, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, and your late rounds, your running back guys, and Thompson, Riddick, uh, Tava Austin, if you look at him as a running back, Eckler, and Richard. So, you know, lots of different things that you can pick out to where we're seeing running backs on uh, really this crazy rampage and this crazy pace in terms of, you know, what they would do now we know that it's two weeks and the pace numbers are always silly but certainly especially silly through through just two weeks those numbers will fall off for some running backs other running backs will pop up but overall i definitely expect this trend to continue and with that column we are at halftime
0: so if you want an unfair advantage as we head into week three of the nfl season maybe those first two weeks didn't go the way you want well luck will no further than squad ql just download the app for your mobile device and then it'll give you all the help you need to crush your friends and rivals uh, for the rest of the season because if you go oh and 3, things start to get very very bad very very quick and it's hard to come back from that deficit so let's try and make sure that the rosters are getting closer to three and 0, or at least getting uh, yourself back to one and two if you've had a tough season squad ql recommends the best starting Lineup for you each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. And you may ask, how does SquadQL actually do this? The app connects directly to your Yahoo, ESPN, or CBS leagues, pull in the actual roster and your league scoring system, and then it provides waiver recommendations and trade recommendations. Plus, the app gives you your player rankings each week, so it really helps because it's all based on your league scoring settings. It makes it as easy as possible for you to set that lineup. SquadQL is truly your go-to app for the fantasy football season. All you have to do to download it. Head to SquadQL. Download the app, you're all in one fantasy football manager. And SquadQL is also brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer, trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. So either way, you're set. That is SquadQL and RotoQL, both available for Apple and Android. So, Sean, as we head into the third quarter of the show, we're back to your article, very similar (laughs) title to last week's one Mr. Patrick Mahomes, featuring at the top of it in this week's 15. The Pat Mahomes Chronicle continues and then observations from the week. Uh, Pat Mahomes really just lit things up in a major way and I mentioned at the start of the show I thought maybe things will slow down a little bit for Patrick Mahomes in week two, maybe it'll just be week one, but he's just on a on a, a pace with his touchdowns to passing ratios that is incredible. Uh, six touchdowns against the Steelers this week really uh, showed up in a big way and after week one we had Travis Kelsey not having a lot to do, but this week obviously Travis Kelsey a monster performance for seven, 109 and two touchdowns. So uh, he's just had a really good game this Chiefs offense looks like it's just going to do this all season long it's going to struggle on defensive points but if you're putting up these sort of numbers uh, defense might uh, get not have to not have to worry too much so uh, what's your thoughts obviously it's your article is there one of the 15 that you, you want to highlight more, more than others
1: yeah well the 15 is is named for Mahomes uh, number and it, it creates a manageable number of takeaways for the weekend and certainly it's been very fortuitous that he himself has been off to such a fast start it's been fun we talked last week about how if you do try and take Tyreek Hill away there are some other options Uh, the Steelers may have tried to do that to an extent they weren't completely successful but certainly that did open up travis kelsey to the huge game sammy Watkins' best game since 2016 and looks like may in fact not be a bust there you know we also saw contributions from the peripheral guys and chris conley demarcus robinson this offense is just going to roll over people but maybe the slightly lower profile play last week we saw another big game from kenny galladay he's up to 39 points through two weeks uh, he currently slots in right between Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins, which are a couple of great names to be around. Uh, we've been talking about Galladay for a couple of years. We mentioned him in the uh, second-year breakout wide receiver article this season. Guys we were promoting there. And it's interesting because the the crux of that argument was that the second year is when guys – tend to take the jump it's a spot where that jump is not fully uh, priced into their draft position because most owners take the prove it sort of perspective and we even see that with players like Juju Smith-Schuster who are being drafted in the fourth round but may have upside beyond that a guy who when he's that good as a rookie you're saying well this player you know, certainly not guaranteed there. There are no guarantees in in fantasy football, no guarantees in football, obviously, but in, in terms of what reasonable expectations are, you're saying this guy could be a first round pick the next year. And despite that lofty ADP, Smith Schuster was one of the players we were promoting because the second year wide receiver model projected him to have 40 more points than what was implied by his ADP. Obviously week two, you know, a huge week, uh, he right now slots in there as the number seven uh, wide receiver in fantasy football, just behind <laughs> our personal favorite, Stephon Diggs. But the other guys from that list also having a good start. We had Chris Godwin at 48 points over ADP, Keelan Cole, 31, uh, Galladay, 17, Mike Williams, 8. So suggesting that that risk reward made some sense. You know, he scored a couple touchdowns, hasn't had the volume. And then Corey Davis at minus 13. So Again, just two weeks, there's a long way to go. Uh, Davis could turn things around. Uh, Smith-Schuster could fall off. Uh, they, they may make a point to get something crazy like like 30 targets to Antonio Brown. Obviously, when you're second in the NFL in targets and you're complaining to your team that you're not uh, featured enough, that, that does not necessarily make you look good. But through two weeks, I, I think we can be very excited with how our breakout players are looking
0: yeah and I have to say like Galladay was one that we definitely both agreed on we both were targeting um you know in terms of Gigi Smith-Schuster that was another one like we we did agree on a couple of these guys I have been impressed with Mike Williams even though he hasn't got the volume but that that offense is a concern in terms of the amount of points that they've scored in terms of the amount of usage and targets from Philip Rivers with the workload he's getting so it'll be hard if they don't continue to be this efficient for him to continue to put up points unless he gets more in terms of target share and opportunity there Kenny Galladay has looked uh, fantastic I was very impressed once again with him this week so through two weeks um you know out of this list Juju Smith-Schuster will be the top one for me and then Kenny Galdi but I think Smith-Schuster like we did mention in in the pre-season at the point he was going there was always that upside because well we obviously didn't know Bell was going to be sitting out but there was always that opportunity for him to to finish closer to Brian than uh, people would be expecting with that second year jump and uh, I think he's he's just looked really really good gollard somebody who's really stood out and i mentioned at the start of the show apologizing for some of my off-season takes and one of them was uh, keaton cole and i was probably particularly harsh but he was one that uh, i didn't go after in any league stayed away from as much as possible and i have to say against the patriots this past week i was uh, hugely impressed with his performance i had a phenomenal one-handed catch uh, at the sideline and then he also caught a touchdown and headed his way down the, the <laughs> down almost into the locker room so uh, i was very very impressed so all, all the Kid and Cole guys out there who have been tweeting at me over the last two weeks, uh, I hold my hands up, but I think I may have been wrong on this one and uh, Cole has impressed me through those two weeks and you mentioned the players, he is 31 uh, over ADP as well, so uh, performing very well down in jacksonville and uh, the other one that was uh, interesting this week was will fuller who myself and dave came in, uh fielded a couple of questions on because dave is a huge will fuller guy he has been for quite some time and this offseason was very very high on him particularly at that adp but obviously he missed week one he came in we he had the hamstring issue coming into this week and uh, there was some concerns obviously how would he hold up but he held up pretty pretty damn well this past week eight for 113 and one touchdown and looked very 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 impressive uh, in doing. So uh, your thoughts on Will Fuller after that performance this week? I think we can pretty much say that uh, he is, you know, looking to to be pretty much a, a wide receiver to most weeks uh, with that wide receiver one upside. Would that be where you'd be fitting him in?
1: I think so. And, you know, we can look at the team splits app and see the effect that he's had on the team over the last couple of years. So 2017, 2018, he's up 11 games he's been in, seven games uh, where he has not. And during the games he's played, they average 22 points a game. When he's when he's out, it's down to 19 points per drive. Is 1.7 when he's in, 1.5 when he's not. The passing yards per attempt: 7.3 when Fuller plays, 6.5 when he does not. So you're seeing a real effect on the offense beyond simply who the quarterback is there, but then his impact on Watson uh, is even more striking. We can go to the game split app. Look up Watson see that he's got the nine games and in the five where Fuller has played he averages 35 points a game and you know looks to be basically the equivalent of Patrick Mahomes. On the other hand, when Fuller doesn't play, he's down at 17 points a game, which makes him more of your Ryan Tannehill. So the difference the difference between Fuller there so far, and again, we wouldn't expect these splits to maintain at quite these levels, but Will Fuller is the difference between Deshaun Watson being either Patrick Mahomes or Ryan Tannehill.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a big jump there, and uh, you know, I've been impressed. Obviously, last year with what Watson did, but it was, in my opinion, that small sample size to see if he could keep it going. This year, through the second week, it looked a lot better, but obviously, a, a very poor result for the team uh, as they faced the Titans. So Sean as we head into the fourth quarter we're going to start looking here at some running backs uh, for uh, the kind of next three to four weeks see what we think Uh, and we've looked into the buy low machine. Uh, If you're looking at the buy low machine in terms of uh, you know the next four weeks as it it always does uh, we're looking here at Green Bay, uh, the LA Chargers, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans and Pittsburgh as being those top options. Uh, and then it goes on down obviously all the way through the nfl 32 teams but those are the teams that really stand out in terms of opportunities heading up here the packers having a really favorable looking schedule with washington then buffalo then detroit then san francisco who have all uh, struggled a little bit against the run so far after facing minnesota this week it, it should look uh, a little bit brighter for the packers running back situation but looking into it is there out of those teams is there anyone that's really standing out for you as a target obviously Uh, Tevin Coleman owners will be holding on uh, dearly to him as they face New Orleans Cincinnati Pittsburgh Tampa Bay uh is Ito Smith somebody who maybe you're looking at to try and add into that situation or does somebody really stand out for you from from that top of the uh, by low machine for the running back position
1: he looked good Devontae Freeman is a guy where you know, I, I, people are trying to sell him to me uh, at prices that no longer are reasonable <laughs> based on what Coleman is doing and what Freeman's health is like. On the other hand, if you can flip that trade offer around and get him at a discount, if he comes back a little bit sooner than uh, maybe some people are thinking, then he give you a value. The great thing about the buy a low machine and the, the apps guys have done a fantastic job th- these last couple of weeks getting everything uh, really up into peak condition and, and, Putting you in the the best pos- position to be successful here, and the buy low machine has always been a user favorite because what it allows you to do is grab these sections of the calendar, and for people who make a lot of trades, this is perfect because you can buy a guy now, you can sell them again later. Uh, some of the people on this list, like Atlanta, for example the schedule very favorable now not as favorable in the playoffs and so you can acquire someone you can really you can resell him and so this is the tool you want if you're trying to make those schedule based trades that allow you to really take the same guys and make balanced trades but come out way ahead on those balanced trades and you mentioned green bay i think green bay is an interesting one because the game flow the first week really took the running backs out of the equation. The weirdness there with Aaron Rodgers being out and coming back in, then making this great comeback. So Jamal Williams, not really involved. And then he had more volume last week, but the Minnesota Vikings are one of those teams where they're almost impossible to run against. And so through two weeks, he's had this opportunity to nail down the starting running position where Aaron Jones is out and has not done it. Right. And so now I think people are going to be looking to sell. And there are a lot of reasons to sell Aaron Jones a better athlete. And as we talk about all the time, that athleticism matters. Aaron Jones was a fantastic player in college. And so even though his draft slot was lower than it should have been, you then see him have this breakout, you know, three or four games last year, a lot of reason for enthusiasm about him. But at the same time, anyone who's held Aaron Jones through that suspension, it's going to be difficult to buy him. And so I think the sneaky play here is to try and buy Williams in many leagues. I think he's going to be almost free. We have people mentioning on the message boards that they're considering dropping him to pick up someone else. So interestingly enough, the Buccaneers, the number three team through the next month, even though they have a buy mixed in there, people are talking about dropping Williams to pick up Ronald Jones. Maybe you can do both and trade one of your other players maybe in a package to upgrade one of your starting positions. What you're really looking to do here is trying to get as many points into the starting lineup as possible and make that bench be free, right? So both of those things I think are interesting. Where are you at Ronald Jones at this point? Obviously, the signs have been terrible, inactive for the first couple of games, uh, but Peyton Barber has not impressed This is what looks like a potentially high-powered offense. Uh, If he gets in there and breaks off a 70-yard run, right? We saw him make a long uh, catch in the preseason. He's got the explosiveness. He's got the college track record. Is this one of those situations where his value could go from almost nothing to top 20 running back overnight?
0: Uh, it's a situation where obviously it's bizarre uh, and things obviously haven't gone the way the Buccaneers wanted to have, you know, a healthy scratch those first two weeks of the season. But if we look at it, you know, they played the Saints where they probably expected to be behind quite a lot of the game. They played the Eagles. So. Like in terms of starts to the season, New Orleans, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, it looked like a really, really daunting start for the Buccaneers. Now they're two and zero, so they're kind of playing with house money. But it is one of those situations. If he goes against, the, say, he does start or not starts, but gets on the the field here this week, you know, if he if he's if he's inactive, it's not really going to be any value to anybody. But he has an opportunity here to with the way the rest of the running backs have played. If he really kind of shows anything and with his uh, draft pedigree they would be likely to continue to roll with him and over that kind of three out of four week span where the bye uh, is in week five I think there's an opportunity for him to filter in there there's also the opportunity that as the season goes on maybe week five that they you know if he doesn't play by then uh, he might get a chance after the bye but I would be sincerely hoping that he starts to come in because he was a player that I while I wasn't uh, the highest on him I I did think that he in this class had a, a good opportunity to win that running back starting job and tampa bay and it just uh, obviously hasn't worked out uh, correctly but if you look at rest of season they they have a midland favorable schedule the rest of the way i think chicago while at the moment it looks like a a good game for running backs i think as the season goes on that's going to be reassessed i think it's gonna be a really really tough matchup for the running back position we've seen the seahawks really struggle against them this week as well i think they're gonna be very good against the run as well so it's gonna be interesting to see how that part develops but tampa bay The running backs just have not impressed in any way. So there is still a chance for jones to make it back in there it's interesting to look at like some of the teams here at like carolina who don't have a great stretch over the next four weeks but when you look then future down the line in terms of like the playoffs it really looks favorable for them uh, so it's a, it's a mixed bag but again as you mentioned with the buy low machine it gives you you know the color system between green for what you want to buy and red for what you want to sell and then all the colors in between to give you that visualization so it's really easy a nice snapshot in terms of who you want to have on the roster but one of the teams there that does interest me is uh, in terms of the schedule so far is New Orleans Saints because it does look to be a little bit more split up later in the season and get a little bit tougher but uh, overall there's a couple of interesting candidates there the only thing with some of them is you kind of you might have to take a a quite a risk in picking them up like you mentioned with uh, Jamal Williams who I think for the Packers, if you look at the schedule going up here, like this week against Washington, I expect them to put up some points, but against Buffalo in two weeks' time, you'd be expecting a big uh, you know, performance there, and, and the Detroit defense has lucked uh, per true those first two weeks of the season so it's going to be interesting and i think with that jamal williams is the most likely to get the goal line work and that is why i still think he's a value i know Aaron jones is a more explosive runner uh, has the more chance to you know take one you know 75 yards i I can't see jamal williams doing that but in terms of the goal line work i still expect him to Uh, he's done quite well in pass protection as well so I, I think we might see him get those uh, short distance work and that could still lead to, to fantasy value so that's why uh, out of the Green Bay backfield I would still be interested in adding him because I mentioned Chicago's gonna be tough to run against they had them week one and they had the Vikings week two we obviously seen how the 49ers running game luck this week compared to week one against the Vikings so uh, I think we could see some some value there
1: yeah and you mentioned the playoff schedules and how you can uh, work the machine around to find that and just to give people a quick little sneak preview if you're already trying to build for the playoffs which which you should be it's never too early the top 3 teams uh, in terms of playoff schedule are the chicago bears arizona cardinals and denver broncos and the way i think you can play that is by taking or going after the lesser or the less appealing of the two options at this point so for chicago this might be a good time and to pick up cohen who obviously has been somewhat disappointing through two weeks there with denver it's a good time to pick up royce freeman uh, in the midst of the philip lindsey enthusiasm and then with the cardinals uh, not so much picking up chase edmonds although he has looked uh, in many ways as good as david johnson through a couple weeks but you know you, you have to think that the cardinals are going to get things worked out to an extent not not good this is going to be a bad team all season but if you have a david johnson owner who has watched these first two games and soured beyond belief on johnson and you have an interesting player in that running back one tier, maybe a player towards the bottom of that tier. This is a good time to pick up Johnson. He does have a favorable playoff schedule. Uh, He's going to score some points when it matters. If you can steal him right now, i definitely recommend that. For overtime this week, we look at the DFS lineup optimizer. Uh, Kevin has put this in for us. It's a, a fantastic app that uses the game level similarity projections to help you optimize your DFS lineup. You can pre-lock players you can blacklist players uh you can you, you look at the different formats and I, I went through a few minutes ago put in my optimal lineup i have uh, stefan diggs locked in and marshawn lynch and frank gore uh, those are two players i tend not to play in any format at any time uh, they they are blacklisted and that gives me a lineup for this week of philip Lindsay philip rivers philip Lindsay, dion lewis Julio Jones, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Will Disley, and the Dallas Cowboys. So, obviously, going very heavy on the star wide receivers. I like to build a wide receiver heavy lineup. One of the things the app lets you do is designate whether you want a running back or a wide receiver in the flex position. And certainly, you want to toggle that and uh, try some different options. Colin, what would be your preferred lineup? for week three, uh, do you have some guys in there you're targeting or would put on your own blacklist?
0: Uh, in terms of this list as well, uh, I didn't catch it in case you mentioned at the start. Was this uh, for a GPP or for a cash lineup? Uh,
1: this would be a cash lineup.
0: So in terms of the the lineup, I like the way you have it split up. I I would be one that would tend to to go with the the wide receiver always in the flex position as well. Last week, I did change it up a little bit. I went with some Lamar Miller uh, in the flex position based on, I thought there was good value at the running back position last week. Uh, But looking through it, i'm pretty happy all around sean with what you've uh, added in there the thing i like as well about it is as you mentioned you can blacklist players but you can also have the players set in that you wish and then it'll give you that option uh, and you can continue to configure it all the way around in terms of your your values and what you'd like to go in in terms of the guys that you've in there like you know julio is always somebody i'm interested in having keenan Allen, i'm always looking to get in there digs as well and i think T.Y. Hilton, uh, although it hasn't been explosive yet from the Colts, and we've seen this week some of the work on the site, you know, looking at in terms of his uh, average depth of target has been a lot shorter. But T.Y. Hilton is somebody who can take those short crossing routes and take them, uh, you know, with yards after the catch all the way to the house. And he did pick up that short touchdown last week as well. So he's somebody I'm interested in getting in. Uh, Will Disley, is somebody who, uh, if you're looking to get a tight end at that low value, uh, you know, 3,300, is somebody who you could put in there. But um i'm just i'm just not sold on that one yet the cowboys defense as well uh although they had a, a decent performance against the giants i'm just not sold i think they'll be good but they've played two offenses who do tend to struggle at times uh, and we've seen that historically over the last couple of seasons what the, the path they struggling at times and then the giants have had their issues too so they they could be susceptible this week but overall it's a very similar lineup than what i would be looking at uh, i had philip rivers in quite a few of my lineups last week and uh, dion lewis uh, somebody who's going to keep getting you know quite a considerable workload down there uh with the titans so overall sean if i was setting up a lineup it will be very similar it's usually top loaded with those wide receivers and i know i mentioned Disley, uh, you know if you're looking to get like you if you look at the wide receivers this week Hilton, allen Diggs and jones you're going to have to drop at some other places to fit that value in and obviously in this case that was a tight end and at the the defensive position but uh pretty pretty similar to how some of my lineups are going to be lined up this week as well
1: yeah, I think that you know you have the Seahawks really have nothing other than uh, a tight end no one's heard of, and so <laughs> there there is. I have to
0: say, uh, Tyler Lockett has looked uh, pr- pretty pretty okay through the first two weeks. Uh, you know, I- I've played him in a couple of lineups over the last uh, over the last two weeks. He
1: has and and uh, Rotoviz Radio executive producer Matthew Friedman would be very excited Tyler to, uh, to Lockett <laughs> was always one of his, his favorites. I think if he had had the option, uh, at least fifty percent of his Rotoviz articles uh, would have been about Lockett. Uh, Cowboys they face the the Seahawks, so I don't know how good you need to be this week in, in that matchup. The Seahawks look like. Uh, by the end of the season they're going to give the Cardinals a run for their money in terms of the weakness of their offense the main thing there that the the Seahawks are weaker overall but obviously uh, that's going to be covered up by the even much larger difference between Russell Wilson and Sam Bradford
0: and I also think as well if you look at you know for example we're talking Cowboys at $2,200 this week in terms of salary you know you could easily add a thousand dollars onto the cowboys to upgrade a defense but if you take a thousand dollars off somebody like ty hilton the drop off at wide receiver uh, is much more uh you know i think there's a bigger bigger drop off there in terms of the the valuation in terms of what you're paying so I, i'm okay as i kind of mentioned and paying down at the defensive position something that i i try and do try and get one of those bottom half defenses that may be less owned and uh, try and get the value there but uh it's it's an interesting one and uh, it's early in the process yet this week for me in terms of my dfs lineups usually something i get into thursday friday and saturday after i get through all my waiver wires and everything earlier in the week but uh, looking forward to week three week two was spectacular as you mentioned in terms of rotoviz calls so maybe this lineup here uh, maybe that just takes home all the money this week so uh, be sure that you're checking out the optimizer over there at rotoviz.com it really is fantastic before we finish up i want to mention again that we will be streaming this week's rotoviz live true the rotoviz twitter handle via patreon that is 11 a.m eastern if you want to jump on true with the patreon page and that will give you exclusive access where you can join us on the screen you can ask us questions it's been a lot of fun over the last couple of weeks myself and dave Cabin, we might have a few guests jumping on with us this week for nfl week three it really is a blast starting at 11 a.m eastern each and every week so with all that said it's going to do us for this week's edition of the show we'll be back next week with another one uh, my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at Overtime ireland my co-host as always is mr sean siegel who you can follow at ff underscore contrarian go over do not miss out on this week's great content on rotobiz.com and until we're back with the next one have a good one Thank you, for listening to, thank you for listening to the Overtime Podcast on Roto-Biz Radio. Please rate and review the Roto-Biz podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rodovesradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Roto-Biz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Roto-Biz at a 30% discount to the biz Radio homepage, roteviz.com forward slash podcast.